Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Only Podcast. I'm your co-host, Austin Smith, joined, as always, by your other co-host, John Kirby. Follow us on Twitter, at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And, as always, follow the mothership, at The Only Colors. Uh, John, last week was a lot more fun than either of the previous two weekends. Yeah, it was um, winning is cool, as we've established on this podcast. Some would say. It's better than the alternative. I had a good time. Yeah, you're talking about the soccer team, right? Yeah, still ranked number five in the country. (laughs) Um, They have a few games to go. And actually, games will be on TV. Big Ten Network, and they play at Indiana to end the season in November sometime. It's on ESPNU. Do they also play for the Brass Spittoon? They play for bigger things. Brass Soccer cleats. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Or brass orange slices. That feels like a soccer thing. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah, okay. Uh, but anyways, the, the, okay, we'll stop with the soccer podcast stuff now, but that was fun. We'll still give you updates, but I, yeah. I I'm enjoying now that our football. Team. Now that our football team has won again, this is officially a football podcast. Until further notice. Until further notice and until basketball season. And I swear to God, if they lose this week, if Michigan State loses this week. Oh, this is a full-blown... If Michigan State loses this week, you may never... Cancel the pot. Yeah, I think we might be done. So, <laughs> on that note... Before we get into the football game, I do want to say one thing. Right before the kickoff, major Michigan State news happened. Yeah. Major. Big time. Yeah, so and I, and we are going to talk some basketball before well, let's we talk, talk about football. it right now. It, we got buried. Yeah. I mean, right before kick is when I saw it. Right. And Michigan State landed... Rocket Watts, the number one uh, recruit in the state of Michigan. Really big deal. Like that, I know last time we didn't talk about it on the podcast, but John and I had been discussing how, um, you know, offline, how, you know, we might, we didn't think we'd see a Michigan State commit until maybe like February of next year, like right around the the line. And the reason was, you know, we are recruiting a a load of very high profile prospects who have no motivation, necessarily, now with more visits they're allowed, yeah. uh, to, to, you know, go see some football games, see some basketball right. games this year, right? Yeah, I mean, MSU is is very much uh, whale hunting, elephant hunting, whatever term you want to use. Uh, this legally. Year, legally. All legal, of course. Um, this year is a very... The, the targets are, are big ones both in size and in ranking at this point. I mean, the, the remaining targets are 
Vernon Carey, number one player in the country, the center. Uh, Isaiah Stewart, another center who went to the same high school as Jaron Jackson. You know, they're in on a handful of other of other guys. There's actually one more update I want to get to, but I want to give um, Rocket his time here because that's a super, super big and exciting get. Michigan State needed a guard, specifically a point guard, really badly in this class. Um, if you can believe it, Cassius Winston only has two years left. And, you know, with McQuaid leaving this year, you know, McQuaid's a senior, so he'll be gone after this season. Um, yeah, MSU was going to be in a really interesting spot backcourt-wise. You would have been looking at in 2019, Winston as a senior, Lawyer as a sophomore, Kyle Ahrens as a senior, and then... Connor George. Uh, Connor George. But a lot of... A lot of question marks, not really sure where you slot Aaron Henry in just yet. So, I mean, a lot of things up in the air here. So getting the number one, A, keeping a player from your state in at your school is a huge win, especially when he's recruited by all your local uh, rivals, specifically Michigan, um, who right now wouldn't blame a kid for committing there. Absolutely. Um, I think yeah. he – so actually it says, you know, Rocket is now playing at Spire Academy. Yeah, he just transferred from, from Redford. Redford. There. So um, that's it. That's in Ohio. Regardless, it doesn't really change anything. But a lot of people thought he was not headed to Michigan State. You know that he yeah. may have been leaning toward Florida State. You know Michigan push because mm-hmm. of their success in March. Uh, most recently, understandable. It's a fantastic get for Michigan State. And I mean, I like to look at the present a lot. Man, am I excited about a Cassius, um, Josh Langford, Matt McQuaid backcourt. But in two years, you got Foster Rocket. I mean, we haven't seen either of them play, but you and I both kind yeah. of got faint yeah. thinking of that, sweating. But yeah, them as, you know, but, but in two years, you're talking, yeah, Josh, I forgot Josh earlier, Josh, Cassius, Foster, Rocket. That's next year. Uh, yeah, that's Solid. that's a good that's a good group of guards, really versatile group. And Rocket, I think, is... Certainly, a scorer and a combo, a true combo guard, mm-hmm. but uh, he has all the makings of a lockdown defensive player. Six four, big wingspan, plays nasty. I think he's just a he's a good, really good fit for for Michigan State. Currently, the number forty overall prospect in the rivals uh, two fifty or one hundred, whatever many they rank nowadays. Yep, um, jumped up eleven spots recently to that spot, um, and just in front of him. There was another announcement by a Michigan State player. Michigan State uh, recruit. Know, recruit. Yeah, that's the word. Um, currently at number twenty-six, Keon Brooks, mm. a player who is mm. really exciting. He's still my heart. Uh, yeah, just a super versatile three-four. I mean, rebounds, shoots, kind of just does it all. He's um, Iguodala-ish <laughs> in Austin, his versatility. Austin, I gotta ask: Are you have you always been a recruiting guy? I, yes. You know, some people are, some people aren't. Some people are like, just show me who shows up. Yeah. You know, and that's fine. As, you know, right. Some people get really hyped up about oh, it. Oh, I get way too many. I think, it. you know, I'm, I, I, tr- I'm probably in the middle. I think yeah. I'm probably in the middle, kind of aware of who's on the radar. Um, but this is a big get specifically because Romeo Weems, um, who is a power forward, but a guy that we all kind of thought was going to be yeah. the first domino for yeah. Michigan State and didn't go our way. Yeah. So Keon uh, Brooks recently narrowed his list to six. I mm-hmm. think that was just today or yesterday. Yep. Uh, Michigan State made the cut. Among the other teams were Purdue, Indiana, North Carolina, 
Kentucky, and one other that I can't remember off the top of my head. The common thought here... UCLA, maybe? UCLA might have been the last one. The common thought is that it's um, Indiana's out in front, Michigan State kind of right behind them, and then Purdue in third. Um, Obviously, like you said, these guys have the chance to take multiple official visits now. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure they're going to try to get Keon Brooks on campus during basketball season, but I wouldn't be surprised to try and get him on during football too, well, especially with the big games they've got coming up at home. And especially when, you know, you have big games for them to come to and it's not just exactly. a basketball school. Yeah. Anyway, so we'll keep you abreast of, you know, all of the uh, comings and goings, yeah. you know, especially if there's a commit. Like we talked about, we didn't, this was surprising. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. Um, and uh, as people kind of continue to cut their lists, kind of like you mentioned, Keon Brooks did, you know, try and keep everyone updated, uh, maybe on a month-to-month. So Yeah, whenever there's news, news. news worth reporting. Cool. News definitely worth reporting is that Michigan State is back in the win column on the football field. MSU uh, beat Indiana 35-21 last weekend at night. Um, an interesting game. Good, bad, weird. Good, bad, yeah. A lot, kind of all over the place. Um, John, you had mentioned before that this was probably the – fourth hardest game remaining on the schedule. I think that stands. Do you think they played to that? No, I mean, what is it fair to say they played the fourth hardest game on their schedule? Yeah. And that was the result. They played as they are. You Very win by 14 so. against the fourth hardest team on your, remaining on your schedule. Worth thinking about. Right. I don't know if you played down. Is Indiana not the quite the also-ran that we've grown up with? They're definitely well. They're I think that's an easy. They're definitely not the also ran that we grew up with. Um, I think that defense is pretty good. Uh, I thought what really ended up hurting them, and maybe this is too deep of a cut. I want to go a little more high level, but I thought when Marcelino Ball went out, that was a big deal. When there, he's kind of their jack of all trades in the defensive backfield. He's more of a linebacker than anything else. Leading tackler was wreaking havoc in the backfield for the first half of the game. Went out. Um, due to targeting, which I thought was a bad call. Uh, but when he went out, you saw the floodgates start to open up a little bit. Um, that was a big deal for Michigan State. It's a talented team defensively. I just think offensively, they are they don't have the quarterback to be dynamic enough to beat what is an elite, Yeah, I truly believe, an elite defensive unit that Michigan State has. Well, it absolutely is. You know, we learned uh, this week that you know, with three games, that for me is enough of a sample size to start creating, um, you know, g- at least generalizations. I don't. I, I would love to see more, but man, it is easily the number one rush defense in the nation, and it's not close. Yeah. You know, giving a, a, to to date, I believe it's ninety eight total yards they've given up the whole season. Three games. I mean, that is just incredible. Well, and that's too like, and again, it's not like Michigan State's playing world beaters. But Utah State's going to be a bowl team that's run the ball quite effectively. Absolutely. Arizona State looks to be a bowl team. Looks to be a bowl team. South. <laughs> a bowl team. And with talent on the offensive side of the ball. And Un- Indiana. Unfortunately has to play three teams of our caliber right. moving forward. So I don't know if they'll be a bowl team. But I don't think that they're that awful. Yeah, but Indiana has the makings of a run, running attack. Like no, I, no, 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 absolutely. I yeah, agree. they're just in a tough, I mean, they're in it's the in toughest really, division in Yeah, it's a football. tough spot to be in. But that's not a, I mean, you wouldn't watch that game and think this team stinks. This is a five-win team. They might end up there, 
because, like you said, of the schedule. Like, I don't think that team's feeding Michigan. I definitely don't think that team's – did they already play Ohio State? Didn't they already no. lose? No. Is that last year they opened with Ohio State? Yeah. They, they play Ohio State. they got to play Penn State. I don't – it's tough for me to envision them with but, the lack of passing game pulling off that but, – pulling off those upsets. But, hey, you, they, you know – Still. They also they could beat everybody else. They play Rutgers, Purdue, Maryland at home, Iowa at home, at Minnesota. They only need to win – Three of those. Three of them? To get to six wins? To get a bowl game. So, I mean, let's I not. think that that's, that's close to a bowl team. So, you know, I think I think the net, though, is that Mich- we found out Michigan State has an elite, and not just elite, like the best yeah. run- rushing defense that we've seen yet yep. in, in the country. Now, um, one thing I, I think we overlooked, I think this is important, and I'm not even, like, tongue-in-cheeking right now, Winning rivalry trophies matter, even if it's against Indiana. Of course. I mean, like, that is a thing that, like, that mattered to Indiana. Okay? Yeah. And, like, to continue to hold on to that, I mean, that's a big deal. And you saw two years ago in 2016, granted, we had found out we were an awful team. Right. Indiana won that game. It was a close game. Mayhem. Yeah, they were. Crazy pump. It is so important to keep that security. You know, it's almost like keeping the foot down. You, right? I mean, you want to beat. You want to. Michigan State is now one zero in the Big Ten. You want to win your conference games. You want to win. You know, rivalry games, games that are played for something. I completely agree. So we're talking about the defense. Yeah, that front seven, and honestly, and Kari Will is a huge part of it too. I was so impressed with that Russian defense. I wasn't just impressed with that, though. What I, I think I actually came away with more impressed was the pass rush. Hmm. That's something that we haven't seen out of Michigan State. Yeah. It, last year, I, we didn't see it. Uh, just five sacks, a ferocious pass rush from a lot of... I really enjoyed watching the defense in this game. Yeah. I really did. Because... Minus one play for me. It, we'll talk about that. But the defense... Mike Trussell's getting creative. Mm-hmm. He really is. Um they are moving linebackers down. I saw a lot of odd man fronts, some two defensive lineman fronts. Like he is getting creative. We saw, you know, I saw Xavier Henderson up like almost in the box a couple times. Like it, what he's done and what he's doing is not the typical, predictable Michigan State line him up. You know, you're getting press coverage on the outside. Mm-hmm. You're playing the cover for what Ohio State still does and what a lot of successful defenses still do that Michigan State pioneered. Those principles are all still largely the same. You can tell when you watch, and the attitude is certainly the same. But the way they are attacking the pass and the rush with that front seven is fun. It's more exotic than we've seen from Michigan State probably ever. Honestly, Mm -hmm. you saw the glimpse of it against Washington State in the bowl game, and now it's it's getting fun, and you're seeing it. It's what's causing the pass rush to be effective is A, good coverage on the back end, which we will talk about, and B, is just confusion. Like mm-hmm. you're bringing – you know five men are coming every time or mm-hmm. four or five, but you don't know where they're coming from. That's what a 3-4 defense does for you a lot of the time, and that's what this little taste of that uh, that Michigan State is using is doing. And we will talk about the passing game, but I think this – has huge ramifications moving forward, which I will talk about later. So let's let's chat. You know, there's one question we gotta make sure to give a shout out here that leads into what we're about to chat. Yes. Uh, thank you, Arpon Lobo. Uh, on the question is MSU's poor pass defense numbers a product of teams abandoning the run against MSU, poor scheming, or a combination of the two? 
Um, before I give my answer, I want to preface that if you are so elite at something that you are making teams just completely, it's completely quit. Indiana was, as you mentioned, good at running the ball. Quite good. They're good, and they will be good at running the ball. They couldn't, and not just couldn't like they're only getting three yards a carry. They couldn't move. They couldn't get Pat into behind their own offensive lineman. Great. That's a testament to our def- our defensive unit, right? The scheme. You did mention we're getting more exotic, but this is the, how it works. Indiana averaged five point nine yards per attempt. That's awful in the pat in passing. Yeah, that the is passing, so in the passing low. game and in the running game. Stevie Scott, who was coming in really playing quite well, had 11 carries for 18 yards. They had 29 yards rushing. Your your boy McMuffin averaged more <laughs> yards per carry than anyone on the Indiana's team. Yeah, I mean that. So I want I want to be clear. Yes. Like this is not new. You know, for everyone to say like, "Wow, Michigan State secondary is really bad." Indiana scored two passing touchdowns and had one blown coverage. Yeah, I'm not sure where that's coming from. I'll be completely honest. Like I know I know you look that probably that narrative sort of started really at the beginning of the season against Utah State, they did struggle. Mm-hmm. But again, we talked about this then. That that passing attack and the way that they attack Michigan State's defense is always going to work. It's always going to get you tons of yards. Yeah. Well, no, and you think about this, too. And that's what Arizona State did, too. Arizona State threw for, like, 350 yards on the day and scored 16 points. You can't tell me that that's the result of a bad passing defense. I don't buy it. Sure, and and I don't think either of us are going to go out here and vouch that this isn't, like, a necessarily good or, or, you know. I won't say it's great. Right, so, and I don't think anyone is. I just would challenge that this is, it's bad. Because this is what you get. This is how we do things on defense. You, it's the scheme. So I think it's a, to answer the question is, we are, you are now going to see teams say, game planning, not even going to do it. Yeah, can't run. I, I mean, let's not waste downs here. Okay, yeah. We're going to figure out different ways to get the ball in space against Michigan State. And that's a testament to, you know. Yeah, and I think that really plays into... I think that's going to play into Michigan State's hands in a lot of the games they have remaining on their schedule. Um, I think it sort of plays into your hands kind of across the board because there's just a higher variance for things mm-hmm. to go wrong when you're passing the ball. There's just way more that can go Absolutely. wrong. Well, who was the coach that said a while ago, only only uh, three things can happen when you pass the ball, and only one of them is good? Yeah, that's, I mean, <laughs> that's exactly right. I mean, you look at the schedule that Michigan State has the rest of the way, and we will talk about Central, obviously, here in a little bit. But if you if you look at the schedule, you don't have a lot of like big-time passing attacks. I think you could qualify Penn State as that. You can qualify Ohio State as that. And I'm, I'm even willing to say that's Purdue's preferred style of offense. But literally every other team, Northwestern, no. Michigan, definitely not. Maryland, no. Nebraska, no. Rutgers, no. You are immediately, immediately making all five of those teams start at a disadvantage by having this elite defensive unit. That's not to say those one, multiple, or all of them can step up and meet that call, Mm -hmm. but that is, to have that immediate advantage, that immediate, you're not going to be able to do this effectively, is a 
huge deal. Absolutely. Huge deal. Absolutely. And, we, and you know, we're going to pocket that thought for once we get into some of these yeah. other games. Um, but as you mentioned, uh, you know, if a team has a strength and their strength is running, it's hard to say we're going to scrap that. Yeah. So, like, that's an advantage. The full MSU. game plan. That's change. what I mean. Exactly. So that's an advantage MSU uh, for the rest of their schedule. Yes. So, so enough about the defense. Thank, thank you for that question. Let's talk about, um, you know, you mentioned there were some good, some bad. Um, the bad is the running game. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Michigan State teams can't run on them. Uh, it appears that Michigan State can also not run on anybody else. So it's really not good. So you know, a couple of that the running game was proven to be poor. Now that it's confirmed, yeah. and uh, with L.J. Scott who sat out the game, went through warmups. Um, you know, we'll see if he sits out this week. I think Austin, you were the saying, you know, why why risk it if it's any I, I question? Wouldn't play him. So um, another train of thought is get the motor going. I don't know. I, I'm not in that train of thought, but um, I think that this week again we'll talk about it more when we preview moving forward. So I guess let's talk retroactively. Um, it, it's not encouraging. It's really a twofold issue right now in the offense. Not being able to run the ball in a vacuum is certainly not a backbreaker. There are tons of teams across the country that don't run the ball. Mm -hmm. Again, it immediately, we just talked about it, like there's a lot more that can go wrong when you pass. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. You'd rather be able to run, but a lot of teams survive despite that. And I think Michigan State could be one of those teams based on the fact that they have four really friggin' good wide receivers. Absolutely. Um, And a quarterback that has potential to be Extremely good. And we have seen be extremely good in the past. The issue right now is that not only can't you run the ball, but your quarterback is making some really stupid decisions. Okay. For, for every amazing moment that he puts together, like his touchdown throw to Matt Dotson yep. was an NFL throw. Yep. Put it exactly where only Matt Dotson could get it. And this time Matt Dotson got it. He had throws to Felton in this game that were awesome. I mean, he, he put the ball on uh, Jalen Naylor, who we need to talk about, um, a couple times. If he can iron out those errors, I think Michigan State, if they just flip the script and go pass first, run second. Mm -hmm. For instance, they ran the ball ten they ran the ball forty times last week and passed it twenty six. I think you're gonna have to flip that in order to beat good teams moving forward. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean Jalen Naylor cannot lead the team in rushing. Jalen Naylor can't have more rushing than your top two running backs combined. Yeah, and Brian Lewerke can't have negative six yards rushing. And um, wow, so lot to work on there. Um, so that's definitely in the bad. Uh, let's talk about one really bad thing that I, I don't know if got swept under the rug just because of the um, the absurdity of the fake field goal. But the Brandon Sowards blessing, oh he didn't call the play. Jet sweep on third in goal from the short side of the field. I just... I'm upset. I'm, that's hard for me to get my head around. Yeah, that that was a... Just trying to get way too cute. Um, just trying to get way too cute. Trying to create a running game without being able to actually use your running game. And I hated that call so much. Um, one thing I want to take... Before we jump into a couple more questions here, I want to say one thing. I think a lot of what is wrong with Michigan State's offense, offensive line right now, not necessarily offensive line, but their running game right now, 
to me feels schematic. Mm-hmm. It feels so obvious when they're going to run the ball. Yeah. Like I can sit in my living room and say they're about to run the ball based on down distance and formation. And I am not a smart individual. Uh, and so if I can sit here and read this, just imagine what these dudes that are getting paid millions of dollars yeah. do. Um, I think in the past, you know, it's actually um, somebody asked about it and they, I think you kind of alluded to it earlier. Like why is Michigan state's running game sort of fallen off since Langford and, and company? Um I think a lot of it is due to predictability. Um, they, they're just predictable. It's not difficult to know when they're going to run the ball. And um, they don't have the horses to run on predictable downs and distances. That was one thing I was hammering coming into the year was I think this team can do that based on what we had returning, you know, proceed or uh, expected growth, et cetera. Certainly haven't seen that take a step forward. Haven't really seen the playbook evolve whatsoever. So, um, what you would have hoped to have seen is uh, not necessarily taking place right now. I think a lot of it's schematic. I mean, I think part of it is also the fact that, you know, they're, they're not entirely healthy up front either, but um, yeah, no, it's a good point. No, uh, that, yeah, that question was from Robert uh, Stefanik. So thanks. Uh, Maybe the other answer to that question is, man, when MSU was good at running the ball, they had NFL running backs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of it, but you also had the eighth overall picket left tackle and a first team all big 10 player at center. So now we're at a point where you look at that offensive line and you say, I don't really see any NFL players on it yet. Yeah. You look at our backfield and you say, man, if I'm an NFL team, I'm not going to probably not going to draft LJ Scott right now. And you know, at this point, it's true. The talent, is just not there. Yeah, and you can see, again, we've talked about this before, but you can see why the emphasis has been put on offensive line recruiting the last few years. Of course. Um, I do still think Kevin Jones... I mean, listen, there's tons of room for growth here. You really, again, aside from Beadle, mm-hmm. you have one upperclassman that, play, that even that even plays. That's a good point. And they, it's it's literally just Chewins, and he's a junior, and the rest of them are all... I mean. Aside point. from Higby, who uh, did not improve whatsoever. I'd be kind of surprised if he keeps starting. Um, aside from Higby, who is kind of a, yeah, just a body for this year. I mean, you're talking Beatles a junior, I believe. Matt Allen's a sophomore. Um, Kevin Jarvis is a sophomore. Luke Campbell's a sophomore. Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed's sophomore. a sophomore. You've got James Ohanba is the big fella who's a you know a true freshman who I haven't seen play yet, but is is young and huge. AJ R. Curie is a retro freshman. AJ Curie. You've got uh, Blake Buter played this last week and actually yep. played pretty well from what I was reading. He's a freshman or a sophomore. I mean, it is still a freshman. very young group. So there's there's room to improve. I I Tons think the it. takeaway here is um, unless something drastic happens, I don't know if it's happening. This year, yeah, I don't think it's happening until second half of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, you you need like a lot of growth. It's not it's not to say that it can't, but um, I would think that this year, if you're going to win big games, it's becoming pretty readily apparent that it's going to have to be Lewerke and his wideouts that are doing it. And I don't think one of those wideouts uh, who's going to get them any catches is going to be Brandon Sowards. Yeah. However, I do think Jalen Naylor. Made it, has has made quite he has a little himself name for himself on the field. Um, 
And what I don't forget is the one-handed catch from Felton Davis. That was absurd. Yeah, dude. That was absolutely absurd. He needs to get the ball 15 times a game. Do you want to you flex your uh, nickname? Oh, yeah, Felcrow. Whew. That's right, folks. Felt That's right, right folks. You can thank Miller Lite for that one. Right. Uh, <laughs> to our sponsor. Yeah, really? yeah, right. Not really, but. Okay, so we've got a couple questions here, and then we're going to jump into the national. But um, Gerald Vork asked us, do you like that the fake field goal was used in the situation that it was, or do you wish it was saved for another time? John's gonna get really upset here in a second, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my part first. Okay. Before John gets really mad, um, I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> I don't really like it, but I will play devil's advocate and say that I don't mind having it on tape. Okay. That's it. I don't. I mean, that's really the only thing I like about it. The fact that it worked is is great. <laughs> I like the play uh, that worked. I like that it worked. That's great. I love the touchdown scoring play. But uh, it's always good. And I like that you you know you give somebody something to think about. But overall, um, I thought it was a weird time and a weird place for that call. Mm-hmm. John, uh, I'm afraid I might be in the minority on this, but <laughs> and, and that's fine. But I thought it was just a miserable decision <laughs> truly miserable and i think i'm wondering if it if because the play prior to it was uh that jet sweep from your boy brandon sowers that uh dan was thinking he had to make up for it and sometimes he you could say he somehow got cuter after yeah, that man I, and and here's why i don't didn't love it you're up by 14 Kicking a field goal or scoring a touchdown on that play puts you up by three possessions. Okay? Either one. Nothing changes. Okay? You have now put your uh, quarterback at running an outside option at risk for being hit. Hate that. Mm-hmm. And then you actually do get your place kicker hit in a play where it, uh, the dude dives at his ankles and flips it. Now, is he... Fine, absolutely. Do you want your kicker ever being hit? No. See Exhibit A, Jake Hartbarger. Yeah. What do you do with our kicker? Imagine if imagine if he gets hurt on that play and he still scores. How we do you how ri- do you riot? How do you feel? We riot. Okay. These guys are not you know love McMuffin, but he's yep. he's a he is not a college football bodied athlete. Okay. <laughs> I think even he would agree with yeah, that. Yeah, you get. You, there are no hits to be taken. No. Okay? Especially around the feet area. You put him in that position, That's. I just don't th- I just don't get it. Yeah, it seems like way too big of a risk to take given the circumstances. Especially I, given the I, circumstances. I agree, with, I agree with you. You're up by 14. I don't see the, the, the upside necessarily. I was shocked when it took place. My pump it worked out, of course. But like... <laughs> but really? All right. So that leads us to another one. Yeah. So it's the next one. Okay. If you could, this nev- is from Sergeant Sparty. It, it, you want me to ask it? Yeah, I think you have a good answer. I do. If you could never see another bad jet sweep or wildcat, but you could also never see another special teams trick play, would you make that deal? So you're saying that I can never see another, you know, fake field goal, any of that type of stuff, but I also will never see another stupid jet sweep or a wildcat. Or a Jalen Naylor jet sweep touchdown. I make that deal every single day of the week. My hatred for the Wildcat is extremely well documented. Okay. 
I I hate it. I don't really I don't hate the jet sweep as much. It's more the wildcat and yeah, and I hate it. And oftentimes when we try to do these special teams trick plays, like they don't always work. We remember the ones that have. <laughs> it's true. But there have been plenty like the one at Notre Dame the year we went to the Rose Bowl. Oh, the was that yeah, that was horrible. Yeah. Um I mean, yeah, of course we've had I mean, we've probably had five or six that have worked out pretty well, but I don't know. If I never have to see the Wildcat, I'll do almost anything. Okay. I'm going to remember that. That's fine. Because I would like There's to... literally... You can't... If you can make that happen and you've been sitting on that this entire time. I have a lot of sway. God. All right. So, a win is a win. I thought it was a solid win. Yeah. 14 points covered uh, on the road. Uh, night game. And... You know, wins a win. I mean, you just keep. Yep, exactly. And you you saw some really exciting stuff come out of that game. So let's keep it moving here as well. Yes. Notable national results. So we were just watching the highlights again of a wild game out west. Yeah. So my big game of the week last week was Stanford, Oregon. And I was saying that this is like one of two roadblocks that Oregon has to clear (laughs) in order to like get to the college football playoff, like win a conference championship. Mm-hmm. And instead, if you missed it, they blew this game in incredible fashion. Yeah. They were up 28 to seven late in the third quarter Control. on the 10 yard line. Going um, in. Like going ready to score, fumble the ball, scoop and score a touchdown for Stanford oh. to cut it to 14 rather than to go up by at least 20. They were up 24 to seven. Okay. Um, Could have gone up 31 to seven. That's ball game. I don't care who yep. you are. Um, instead, Stanford not only scores there, gets the ball back before the end of the third quarter, scores again, cuts the game to three. They score with like almost this kick a field goal with the time expiring to go to overtime. Um, throw a bobbled touchdown catch. Like this dude tips the ball to himself for a touchdown at oh, the beginning yeah. of overtime, and then they make a pick in the end zone to lose it. I mean, Oregon. They found absolutely ways absolutely choked that game away. Found ways to lose it. So now the the shoe is on Stanford's foot. Yeah, they're in great control. I mean, they've got yeah. Well, they got a game coming up this week that we we're going to talk about. Not only did your dark horse playoff team from the beginning of the season fall, but so did mine. Surprisingly, yeah. uh, by a lot at Kentucky, dropped one twenty eight to seven. Which comes to the question: Is Kentucky good? absolutely not but the answer is they might not be bad they might not be bad they have one really good player and that's benny snell their running back is real real good if you haven't watched him you should um we'll keep it moving a couple other crazy things happened this week yeah virginia tech went on the road for some strange reason to play at old dominion mm. and the verlanders old dominion monarchs happened to have been pitching a no-win season up to that point uh, I think number 13, Virginia Tech, came in and lost by double digits. That's insane. Gave up 49 points. I want to... 49 points to That's an 0-3 USA team. I'm going to expound upon that. Virginia Tech was favored by so much that that type of loss made the BYU upset and the uh, Akron over Northwestern upset. It belittles that. Oh, yeah. Like, this is just... Not even the same stratosphere. Oh, my goodness. What a shocking, shocking Quite uh, bad. result. Uh, a couple other ones. Oklahoma became human. Yeah. Barely survived against... Respected the troops a little too much in this game. 
can never respect them too much. Mm, but almost they survived twenty eight to twenty one at home. Odd result. And then uh, big Texas Tech is got, Texas back? No. Oh, well, we were talking te- oh, Texas, Texas over Texas TCU. Yeah, yeah, Texas might be back. Are they back? Yeah. Ah, they beat Texas. Did you Christian? watch this game at all? No. Texas beat TCU 31-16. TCU could not have shot themselves in the foot more. They were just clearly the better team in this game. Texas was fired up coming off that win against USC. TCU clearly not uh, all that fired up coming off the loss to Ohio State. Tell you what, Texas is not good. I'm just going to throw that out there. Well, the Big 12 is going to be a doozy because Texas Tech, who we saw just get kind of manhandled by Ole Miss at the Mm -hmm. beginning of the year, just went wild at Oklahoma State and won 41-17. An Oklahoma State team that was ranked in the top 15, I believe. So that was pretty substantial for uh, them to watch. They're getting fired up by watching their old quarterbacks kill in the league with Baker, Patrick. May- Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The last if seven... If we can claim Nick Foles, then oh, yeah. they can... Then... 100%. Okay, I'm, I'm in. Uh, hold on. There, there was I saw something recently that um, Cliff Kingsbury's quarterback lineage... Yeah. Is it unreal? Is incredible. Like it, I think his last like seven uh, coaches that are quarterbacks that he has coached have been something like Mahomes, uh, Davis Webb, oh Baker Mayfield. Um, where was he before? And like three other NFL quarterbacks. It's just insane. Case Keenum. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Case Keenum. Wow. Yeah. It's insane. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. So, um, you know, he might know well, he what he's doing. he could sling the ball a little bit. Oh, yeah. He was real good back in his day. Uh, so other Some th- weird stuff. Yeah. That's uh, from the rest of the country. But from the Big Ten, um, some things went down. Weird Friday night game. Penn State yeah. sleptwalked, sleepwalked. Sleep, yeah. Into Champaign, Illinois. And I believe they were down in the fourth quarter. I was panicked. Yeah. And I, that made me, like, blush watching <laughs> this happen. And, so, and then Penn State, like, looked down and realized who they were, and they dropped 35 points in the fourth quarter yeah, wasn't to it cover. Like, touchdown, interception, touchdown, intercept. Like, pick two pick sixes and three touchdowns. They covered for like me. That. That's insane. It was really helpful. It was nice of them to help me out. Uh, Nebraska went to Michigan and just got absolutely pants. Saw this coming. Saw this coming. This was not surprising. This is – all right, we'll do our little Michigan minute. Um, this is perfect. That's great. It's perfect. It's everything I've ever wanted. I want Michigan. This is exactly what they do. Do you realize this season is just following their script? We've seen the movie. Yeah, every year. And they they, they just bludgeon bad teams to death, and then they lose close games to good teams. Dude, That's just, what happens every single year. Just because you beat up the kid at the bus stop, when you get to school and get your ass beat, no one cares right. how bad you beat up the kid at the bus yeah, stop. It doesn't matter. Okay? So, get out of here. And Scott Frost, they wrote a book about you. Yeah. This is embarrassing. This was the book off. Seriously, if they if, if they play Akron, I think we talked about this last yeah. week. Do they win that game? I don't, I don't see it. They looked awful. It's, it's quite possible that they don't. They're going to win it. two games this year. They're going to win two games? I think so. Okay. The Big Ten West is just miserable, and I think they get to play Rutgers. So, yeah. Okay. So let's see. Yeah, I mean, Michigan has... Yeah, they're going to go to Northwestern and just beat the brakes off Northwestern. They've got Maryland coming to them. They're going to beat the brakes off Maryland. And then they hit a stretch. 
home against Wisconsin. I think they win that game, but that's a tough one. At Michigan State, tough. And then they go to Penn State, tough. So this is just it. This is it. So they're what? They're three and one. They're well, going to be four and one, five and one, five and one rolling into Wisconsin. I bet they beat top Wisconsin. 10 team. Yep, six and one. All right, come on down. So speaking of awful teams like yeah. Scott Frost, Rutgers, mm. they're in my book. We're past relegation. No, they don't even. They're they're like. Can you drop? I know English football has like seven tiers. Yeah, I think you just put them in the, all the way at the bottom. They go into in my book. They probably have to drop into the NEC. Hmm, that sounds bad. Northeastern Conference. Sure. Yeah. I think just, just go away. I think Maine's in that one. Maine. We'll get to that. A team we'll be talking about. Surprising result for me. I thought this was surprising for the oh. Goves to lose by twenty nine. That's a lot. Yeah, at Maryland, didn't see that. That the, what, It doesn't surprise me that they lost. It surprises me that they lost by such a large margin. 29 is a lot. Yeah, this one this was surprised more surprising. me. Purdue uh, jumps all over ranked Boston College, yeah. who we were kind of hyping a little bit. Yeah, I was hyping them and Wake. I, I, yeah. Everyone's bad. Remember, yeah. everyone's it, bad. That's really important to remember. <laughs> Everyone is bad. And uh, yeah, that was just... Austin and I read a little yeah. too far into a Wake Forest Boston College uh, September college football game. You took a little Who too much. Who among <laughs> us has not found themselves in such a predicament? We only have two rules around here, and it's never tweet. Yep. Everyone's bad. Yep. I guess there are three. Do we need to add a third? If there's a third, I guess it would be if you're playing in a basketball game, never jump. <laughs> And never jump. Yeah, you don't get crammed on. No. And then the fourth is never read too far into a September ACC football game. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really solid number four. That's a good Mount Rushmore. For now, those are now. those are our We should really bylaws. keep a running yeah, bylaw list. Um okay, so yeah, Purdue. All right, sure. Uh, Ohio State took care of Tulane. We thought that was gonna happen. Saw this one coming. But two man, two lanes threads are tight. Yeah, they look so good losing. And then Wisconsin, the biggest game of the week. Yeah. Wisconsin at I Iowa. Had a, I had a tough week. Yeah, you did. Wisconsin went in and beat Iowa on a last second touchdown. Well, no. Was it? No, they won twenty eight to seventeen. They scored and then they scored again. Oh. Yeah. They went up it was a pick. late though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was over after that. I had the pleasure of being next to an Iowa bar. After Michigan State won, and I wasn't going in there, but hearing them moan was funny. Um, but then I remembered it was Wisconsin that was making them upset, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, that makes me sad too." Yeah. So, uh, so this was this was Iowa's chance. It's over again. My squad. The yeah. Big Ten West is a wrap. Yeah, it's, official, folks. it's officially been decided. It's done with Minnesota's loss at Maryland. It is a wrap. Aren't they? Are they up two games in the division now on everybody? I believe it. I don't know. Four weeks into the season, this happened last year too, if you remember. Yeah, I mean, but legitimately, like, I don't really know who's gonna. I mean, I guess Minnesota, if they beat them, could catch them, but no, uh... no. But you know, that's not happening. So no, they are one and zero. Everyone's only played one game, and North in the Big Ten, and Northwestern is one and zero. Okay. So that will be your Big Ten yeah. West championship soon enough. Get excited! Um, All okay, right, whatever. Notable national games. Moving on. Yeah. You got one. We talked about one yep. of the teams. Yes. Uh, Stanford pays a visit to Notre Dame this weekend. 
Um, great game. That's a great game. A, it's a you know kind of an old school rivalry. These guys have played you know have, you know for a long time. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, and it's going to be really intriguing because I think Stanford might be like playoff good. Oh yeah, like going in and winning at Oregon in the way that they did is is impressive. They got a quarterback. I love KJ Costello. And you love their their big man who came up with three touchdowns. Arcega Whiteside. Yeah, JJ Arcega Whiteside. Really, he he just bodies defenders. He's unreal. He is like the final form of the uh, Stanford receiver. Like he is. He's a vault. Devin Kajust. He is um, Levine Toilolo. Wasn't Ooh. he? Uh, yeah, I believe yeah. so. And they had they've had a handful of other guys too, but he he is the final form where he like you can't stop him. He he legitimately just boxed out like three defensive backs last week. Well, I, I think he only had two touchdowns. But well, and Notre still. Dame, if they get the win at home, yeah. they become a very real playoff candidate. Absolutely, I don't. Well, the intriguing part with them is that um, it's Ian Book's show now. It is. So they benched uh, Brandon Wimbush. Yeah, one time Michigan, one time Michigan State recruit, um, and Michigan beater of 2018 yes. season. Wonderful. Um, good to see him go on a high note. Um, but yeah, they scored 50 something points on wake with book at the helm. I think he threw for over 300 yards. If he can actually give them a real passing attack, then this is a pretty damn good team. The winner of this game has a real nice feather in their cap. I think it probably benefits Notre Dame. I think hmm, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. I think Notre Dame can survive no, I think Stanford can survive this more easily Absolutely. than Notre Dame. Notre, Notre Dame needs this game more Absolutely. because they don't have a conference that they can win. It's well put, but um, you know, we'll I like Stanford. I, I think you're that, all in on. Yeah, I like Stanford, so they're going to lose. <laughs> Couple, one, two other games that John, I want to talk well, about quickly. John's about to go in on two basketball programs, because, and that's why I am because all of a sudden uh, the Duke Blue Devils host the Virginia Tech team that. Lost to Old Dominion. Not great. Duke is now ranked, undefeated, beat the brakes off of Northwestern, if you recall. Was there. And now are only going are going to be favored in every game moving forward with the exception of uh, Clemson and at Miami. They could beat Miami. Exactly. Although now, like now I'm not at all thinking this I'm not saying they are good for a playoff team, but you're looking at a team that a Duke team that could very well win ten games. Yeah. Wow. Sheesh. That's a weird thing to say. Sheesh. And then you have Kentucky, who took down my uh, Klanga, mm. Mississippi State. Ranked 17th, took down Florida the week before, who's bad. But still. Miss- hey. Still Kentucky football winning games. 2-0 and in conference and have a legitimate running back. Yeah, I told you, Benny Snell. So, so that's going to be fun. When Kentucky, do they host Georgia this year? Or they go to Georgia. So right, one game at a time. Well, I'm just saying that you can eye please. that as a. So first things first, they host South Carolina at home, who we saw is nothing, no great shakes. No. Now, am I drinking the Kentucky Kool Aid right now? Maybe, maybe because I want to. Maybe yeah. Because it's fun and it's different, and I like to do new things. Yeah. So uh, lay off. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Georgia does have to come to Kentucky on November 3rd. Mm, you don't just waltz into Lexington and walk out with a win. Let's go. You you do most of the time. But. So I'm a, I'm a little out on Kentucky in that they beat Central Michigan 35-20. to 20. Mm. I need a little more. Yeah. 
Well, listen. We'll see you this week. We will. Won't Again, we? you don't just waltz into Mount Pleasant and beat the Brit. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, okay. Upcoming week in the big, and a kind of a lame week. Uh, you've got no, not a well, lame actually, week at all. not a lame week. Indi- well, lame aside from one game. Yeah, Indiana at Rutgers. Right. That's well, yeah. We're on the same page. Awesome. So five teams have a bye: Maryland, Illinois, Iowa, with Minnesota, and Wisconsin. I'll take in the week off. Um, you know what? It's probably for the best. To suck separately. Guys. Yeah. And then Indiana goes to Rutgers and plays a game that. Candidly, no one would know what happened unless I told you next week. Yep. Then Purdue travels to Nebraska, and again, I will be the one that tells you what happened in that game because if you watch it on your own, like, please, come on. Just, just don't. It's what I'm here for. You don't have to do these things to yourself. Michigan uh, travels to Northwestern. for the They're f- going to kill Northwestern. And, yeah, Northwestern, as you mentioned, um, not great. You went to see them live. They're not good, and really sadly, we should send our condolences, I guess, out to uh, Jeremy Larkin, mm. running back, had to oh, yeah, retire awesome, out of nowhere because of, I think it was spinal stenosis. Yeah, that's um, It's too bad, because he was a good running back who was finally getting his chance to shine there. Um, hate to see that happen anytime in sports. So, you know, I it feels almost wrong to now think of the football consequences, but it's kind of what we do here, so... Yeah. Um, that is not going to help them in this game. They're already in a really bad way. They're going in against a fired-up Michigan team, like we just said, that loves to just drub inferior opponents. I kind of think that's what's coming in this My game. My recommendation this week, because you know I don't know if there's a ton that I would stick around for, check out the MSU uh, Central Michigan game. Yep. We'll talk about that in a second. It's a good one. Then maybe go do something with a friend or a loved one. Maybe a pumpkin patch weekend. Maybe an apple cider situation. That's nice. And then... Enjoy the foliage. Yeah, get yourself out there so you can say you did something. Cider mill. No one can be on your case for not doing anything, Mm -hmm. you know. See the sights. And then get back... As fast as you can. To watch the premier game of the week in the country, Ohio State at Penn State. sometimes the year in the Big Ten. Absolutely. So this is going to be a doozy. Yeah, it's a big one. It's uh, the the late night one Damn, on ABC. Uh, currently, Ohio State is a four and a half point fave, um, and a lot, but but a lot of uh, metrics are showing that Penn State's actually the favorite of this game at, because of the home at te- home advantage at night. So, I mean that the only advantage I give Penn State in this game there's a twofold advantage. Actually, it's really just one. Well, Nick Bose is not playing. I don't even look at that as an advantage because the rest of Ohio State's defensive line is incredible. The advantage... <laughs> You're like, whatever. We got all this. Yeah, no. The insert ad- new mutant. Chase Young. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, insert next monster here. Um, the big advantage they have is legitimately the the atmosphere mm-hmm. and the fact that Dwayne Haskins has... Ne- well, actually, I shouldn't even say that because he, he was it. on the road in, in Ann Arbor last eh, year. Yeah, well. Eh. It's a real mm. atmosphere here. Yeah, it's a real big deal. Um, it's going to be white out. It's going to be wild. It's at night. I mean, it, it's it's going to be real deal. I think Ohio State is definitely the better team. Yeah. I don't even think it's particularly close. It's not stopping from losing at Penn State nope. in the past. Absolutely not. And I could see that happening here again. I just I've seen too many flaws in Penn State to expect them to win. But okay. it's funny because they're just they're this super high variable team, and what they can't do in this game 
is allow themselves to get in these weird spots. Like they got in with Appalachian State and they mm. got in with Illinois. Mm. I'm not – I don't feel comfortable picking them against Ohio you. State because you you can't come back I'm tracking against Ohio State. It's just not going to happen. I'm tracking. Yeah. So. And fortunately for Penn State, um, you know, they do have some major weapons on their offense. Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, you got – everyone knows Trace McSurley, but – Got to tell you, their running game, they Miles are Sanders. they are beast. top 10 uh, in the country rushing offense. Miles Sanders is a beast. He's, he's a the, unit. He's the real. So, um, and K.J. Hamler. They have Two guys options. Michigan State re- recruited heavily, especially Hamler. We really wanted him. They, there are options. Uh, you know, they, they have the horses. That's what I'm putting. They do. At. They have the horses. Now, can they keep up? We don't know. But I am very pumped to watch that game. Yep. Uh, as, at the same time as uh, Stanford Notre Dame, I believe, which kind of sucks, but whatever. You ever heard of a dual screen approach? I have, and I and I will. <laughs> so let's move on to the reason yeah. everyone's here to get the insight on the chips. Fire yeah. up! Yeah, fire up! Hey, here we go. Michigan State's hosting Central, uh, coming in with a one and three record. Um, yeah, picking up that win last week versus the main Black Bears. Which is the best bear, I've heard. Jim Halpert says so. 11 a.m. kick. So, getting back to our roots. Yeah, it's been really a nice to have an early morning, uh, a normal college football time game. Yeah. Um, 28 and a half point favorite. Feels right. Feels right. Uh, I think, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be a nice day, about 60 degrees. It's a beautiful, day. beautiful Saturday for college football. This is a game Michigan State should win. If you want to hear it in a, <laughs> in a nutshell, Michigan State should win this game. They should win it by a lot. There it is. Uh, they should probably cover. To be completely honest, if they're gonna, if they went out there and just played their game, they should cover. If they went out there trying to like truly beat the brakes off Central, they could win by forty-five. So let's take a look at what Central does actually do well, and maybe also not so well. Yes. Uh, this was shocked me. This is a very real statistic, but. Central Michigan is the number one team in the nation in pass defense. Yeah. Giving up 125.7 yards a game. That's pretty incredible. I'm to gonna... be one in three, mm-hmm. they've won one game, and that game they won was 17-5. to five. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to barely win one game, lose the other three, and only be giving up 125 yards passing a game? I have a feeling you're going somewhere to follow this up. Well, here's how. You have to also be giving up 231 yards rushing per game, <laughs> which is a lot. Typically bad. keeping track at home. Um, the parity between, you know, it's odd. They played, as I mentioned earlier, Kentucky. They played Kansas at home. Bad. Not good. And then they lost to Northern Illinois on the road. You know, okay. That's fine. Okay. And then, as I mentioned, Maine was the team that threw for the most yards of all of them with 183. And they only had 82 yards rushing. So, yeah. and and in that game against Maine, Central Michigan had 177 yards of offense. Team. Against Maine. Yes. So if you want an opportunity to see Michigan State try and grow its run game, you know, try and really get back to its roots and establish themselves uh, in a, in a re- no, no cutesiness. Yeah. This is it. Because if it's not, if it's not dominant, what happens? If it's not 
If it's not, then you have no alternative but to throw the ball 45 times a game. Part of me legitimately wants them Uh-oh. to struggle running the ball in this game. Uh-oh. Like the sadistic part of me wants it to wants it to be difficult because I just think their best chance to win is to commit to throwing the ball against other teams. Against other teams, yeah, okay. not in this game necessarily. I think they could go out and run for two. I think if they run for anything less than 200 yards in this game, it's probably disappointing. Um, again, I don't think LJ Scott will play. Yep. I don't think you need him. I don't think it's even remotely worth the risk. Um, especially when you got a guy like his numbers haven't been overly impressive, but Ladarius Jefferson looks ready to play some football. And my big sweet boy you know Connor Hayward Uh-oh. could really use a bounce back game. He could. He's had a tough, tough little stretch here. I have not bailed. The big boy bandwagon rolls on. But um, this again, I think that this is going to be honestly kind of a boring game. I expect this to almost be like MSU is just going to run the ball 45 times. Like that, that's what they're going to do in this game, well, and they're just going to try to get. It's like it's like going to the free throw line, uh-huh. like a, sh- a good shooter. Got to see gets, it go in exactly. You just need to see the ball go in, and then you kind of get your rhythm back. Hope I so. think that's what Michigan State will hope for in this game. I don't necessarily know that that's long term the answer, but. Um, so, yeah, that's so kind of what I expect. Well put. You know, Central um, also struggles, as I mentioned. They're awful on offense against Maine, but also awful against other teams, too. So they, unfortunately for them, um, are almost dead last in uh, interceptions thrown percentage. So on 5.4% of all passes, over 1.1 out of 20 is a pick. It's not good. Okay. Um, they Remember when we I was kind of dogging Indiana for their 5.9 yeah. yards per pass? Central is averaging 5.1 yards yeah. per pass. And they just switched quarterbacks over to uh, junior Tommy Lazaro from uh, transfer from Dodge City Community oh. College. One of the only non-Michigan guys on this huh. entire roster. Speaking of the roster, I want to do this because oh. I said we were going to do this last so time. So if you're new to the pod, uh, <laughs> Austin, you've literally never listened before. Uh, Austin um, likes to just go through and find the best names yep. on the roster and then we just let him do it. Yeah, so we're going to do that right now. Um, ooh, first we have Romello Ross. Good name. That's just really good. It's like an R&B singer. Um, Nathan Brisson Fast, a defensive lineman. Irony. Uh, Daquan Jamison, that's fantastic. Malik Fountain, he's actually their best linebacker, uh, leading the team in tackles. Uh, this one threw me for a loop. Damon Terry. Careful. Hold on now. From Lansing, Michigan. Well. From Everett. Damon Terry. Is Damon... Did he find another Damien and he was like, I'm going to play for someone else and I'm going to get a new name. I could go with anything in the whole world. What should I do? Drop the I. Damon. Who do I want to name myself for? Damien Terry. So Damon Terry. Uh, Let's see. Let's keep going here. T. Andre Harvey. That's fantastic. Um, Xavier Crawford. Thaddeus Cornick. Whoa. Oh, wow. We have Carlton Cleofat. That's oh, that's a pretty great. good one. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kumenu Gwili. Wow. I like this guy a lot already. 6'2", 246-pound running back out of Shelby Township, Michigan. Uh, Hope we get to see him play. That's a large man. That's a big running back. He's their second leading rusher. Holy smokes. Um, Rolian Sturkey. That's really good. Oakley Lavalli. What? From Boca Raton, Florida. How in the world did you end up for 
at Central Michigan. You know, sometimes uh, you're just led to Mount Pleasant. Oh, wow. Kid from my high school, Troy Hairston, linebacker from Birmingham Seaholm. What's up? Go Mapes. Um, Jamez Kimbrough. Wow, man, we got some good ones on here. Jonathan Berghorst. Oh, brother, maybe, to Adam Berghorst, future Michigan State commit from the same city, Zealand, I'm Michigan. I'm going to guess related. Yeah, okay, good good guess. Um, oh, Khalil Pimpleton, I remember him. Oh, yeah. And then finally. He transferred from Virginia Tech. Yep. A, a lot of names that people are going to, a name a lot of people are going to remember here, Duran Irving Bay. Oh. Former big Michigan State target. Uh, former Michigan Wolverine. Hmm. Just transferred the beginning of this year. I think he's sitting out this year, but mm-hmm. uh, I forgot that he was there. That's actually, honestly, that's exactly what Central should be doing. Yeah. Trying to pick off every single kid that that, that re- transfers from every Michigan program. That Pimpleton kid can play in high school. He's yeah. a little guy, but... Um, so cool, that was fun. I'm going to give you some stats to now that you've heard names. Mm. So a little, you you heard a little uh, yeah. qualitative? Here's a little quantitative, yeah. okay? Central Michigan is averaging 14.3 points per game. That is good for 125th in the country out of 130. Five teams are have, score less than them. Okay. For, so It's not good. So I think it's realistic for us to say you know, holding them under 10 is a must in my opinion. Yeah, pretty doable. You'd think. And I think this is also an opportunity for Michigan State to um, – it might readjust those passing defense numbers. Yeah, I have a feeling – might those feel a little inflated yep. might fall a bit as well so um you know what to expect for this game uh central has a lot on the line in that you know joking aside they didn't get none of these kids got an offer from michigan state i don't believe you know maybe i don't recognize it i mean aside from irving bay but we've seen um you know obviously lesser teams lose to central in the past um they're very motivated they should be motivated this is this is it. Well, this is a program. I mean, this is the type of win that if you're a head coach or if you're one of these regional programs, that you can ride for two years. Absolutely. And John Bono, their their coach, is who I think was a lifer if they'll let him. Um, is a fantastic guy. It seems like uh, seems to be doing things. I don't want to say the right way, but yeah. you know, he's. He's trying with Central, and, you know, they had their shot with Kentucky and Kansas. You know, it, it, we can joke about Kansas, but that's a big deal, beating a Power 5 team. And this is it. And then you, yeah. then you fall back, unless you get a unless you get a uh, Wednesday, Thursday night action game. That's yeah. it. This is kind of your last showcase game. So, and it's in-state. I mean, they've beaten Michigan State before. I unfortunately witnessed that with my O2 eyes. Absolutely. Um, it's not like they don't have athletes. Mm-hmm. This Malik Fountain kid has 47 tackles already in four games, two and a half tackles for loss and a sack and a pick. So he does a lot. They also have a, a defensive end, I believe. Is He's a defensive end. Yeah. Uh, Mike Dana, who's a kid out of Detroit. Um, Warren De La Salle, 6'2", 257. Uh, he has four sacks already in four games. So, I mean, again, we want to talk about this game being the one that Michigan State uses to readjust, but, you know, there's other kids that stand in the way. Um, so let's just talk about what we think. This I, I, Before we do, go ahead. I just want to jump in because we're going to be done talking about Central in a second, and I want to get this on the board. Their future football schedule, schedules are insane. Not really? Non-con. I'm going to read them to you. They Next year is at Wisconsin and at Miami, Florida. Jesus. 
Yeah. How much money are they making in those games? Hopefully, I, hopefully a lot. Yeah, that is like both in the same year. Wow. Then the next year they do at Nebraska, at Northwestern. Not as bad, but that's still man. And then the next year it gets it gets worse. The next year they do at Missouri, at USF, Florida Atlantic at home, Lane Kiffin, at LSU. Oh my God. And Lane then, Kiffin will not be the coach of Florida Atlantic in fair, three years. In three, fair, fair, <laughs> fair, fair. And then in twenty, I, I, I'll be done in one moment. Twenty twenty two at Oklahoma State, at Penn State, oh. and then in 2023, at Bammer. Oh, my God. <laughs> dude, what oh are you, no. what is you doing? Just, dude, just start the doomsday clock now. Stop. Like, the Central Michigan program ends There's no amount of money. I promise you. Nothing's worth it. You don't want it. Nothing's worth it's, it. It's the devil's money. Nothing's, Refuse yes, it. Nothing's worth a roster full of de- just destroyed it's not fun. It's not fun. It's awful. There's no there's no moral victory there. I, I nothing upsets you. me. Not I shouldn't say nothing upsets me more because a lot of things upset me. But <laughs> I hate I hate the we want Bama because you don't want Bama. I think I'm going to make a sign that says we don't want Bama. I like to go on record. I've never said I wanted Bama in the Neither last week. In the last week, <sighs> it's been a bad week for you. Okay, so. That was fun. Okay, what do you expect? But, so, um, I think this is a game that you may only want to... Let me put it this way. Uh-huh. Um, the first three quarters of this game are the game. Yeah. Like, I, I think that what you're going to... I think this is a Rocky Lombardi game. Oh. Oh. I think this is... Kissed yeah, by the sun. Yes. The mover of change. I see um, this as being... A lot of running. I think you're going to see... Uh, Weston Bridges? I think you might... You saw a little teaser of Weston last week. I think you get Weston 5 to 7 carries. I think you get Connor 10 to 15. And I think you get L, uh, Ladarius Jefferson probably again somewhere in that 10 to 15 range. I just think they're going to hammer the ball down. They're going to try anyway to do that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. It's interesting with the offensive line because like on one hand you really want them to get their reps in. But on the other hand, if they're not healthy... Don't play them. Like, let the young kids play in this one and let us figure it out. Great point. Um, so, yeah. that leads to a question. Do you think there will be lots of freshmen that play in this game, specifically ones that have played a little bit thus far, or do you save them for later games, or do you use this as one of the four games you get to to play them this year? I use this as one of the four games I get to play them for most of them across the board. So let me revisit quickly who played last week. You only had Jalen Naylor, who I'm pretty sure is going to keep playing. Yeah, I think he's going to burn Xavier Henderson, who had a freshman moment, but mm-hmm. is going to keep playing. And, as you mentioned, LDJ, who is pretty much the third string, second string running back until LJ. I mean, he's back. played two games already. Yeah. I don't think he's... So, as of now... He's he, making a big case to be this. He looks... I love Connor. I love him desperately. But Ladarius looks like the starter next year. So... Uh, Jalen, wow, by the way, yeah. Jalen has uh, three start, three games to his name. Xavier has three games to his name. Jacob Slade has one, and LDJ has two. You know who I wouldn't be surprised to see in this game? Kalon Gervin. Gervin. Yeah. There it I, is. I, yeah, I think that, um, I'm not surprised we haven't seen him this far, honestly. Um, well, so Josh Butler was a little banged up at the end yeah. of the last game. I think between that and Josiah Scott, 
Mm-hmm. Um, you saw Shakur Brown make a huge play with that pick six, which was great. Um, but you're really testing the depth there now with, with two starters out. And to me, you'd be kind of – not that D'Antoni hasn't done it a million times, but you'd be nuts to throw him in the deep end, you know, against a Penn State in two weeks if you're, you know, if you don't give him a little bit of life on the field first. So I kind of think this is this is a game where he plays. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jacob Slade again. Um, I would not be surprised at all to see maybe some of those freshman offensive linemen too. Uh, so, uh, this is going to be an interesting one for sure. Actually, not really. This will be interesting from like Michigan state, like nerd perspective of mm-hmm. seeing who plays little things here and there. Um, one other thing I want to give a shout out for cause I forgot to mention him. We were talking about Indiana is shout out to Antoine Simmons. Oh, he made the only bad play that Michigan state's defense really gave up all night. The only big busted coverage, which was a 65 yard touchdown. Um, he didn't carry his man deep enough into the secondary. secondary. Um, at, he's kind of playing that star position um, and went right over the top of him. The safety was not there either. So it's hard to really know who it was on, but I and watched Simmons kind of not carry him far enough. Uh, but then he came up with a huge interception to kind of seal the game at the end. I think he's a superstar in the making, um, and so I just want to shout him out real quick. But, Thanks for doing that. But, yeah, I think, Michigan State, I think Michigan State wins this game by a good – I mean, if they don't win by 21 to 28, I'll be upset. This is the worst team Michigan State's played this year by a significant margin. Correct. So, and probably, aside, Rutgers aside, probably the worst team they'll play this year by a very, very large margin. Probably. So, um, yeah. It's Let's good. do some Q&As. Yeah. So you, you opened up the mailbag. Yeah. Uh, and we got some really good ones, so thank you guys. Yeah, shout Keep out. them coming. We've been dropping them in as we go here, but um, we're, we're yeah. going to start to rapid fire these ones. So there's some really good ones. Um, I think let's keep it football, and then we'll ease into some of the other yeah. ones. Um, from C Sexton eleven, what do you think the average points per game in Big Ten play will be this year? With a and given the prop of thirty two point five over under, I say under. Um, I don't know how far under. I don't know that it'll be terribly far under i think michigan state schedule the rest of the way is like a very extreme schedule like on one side mm-hmm. the toughest is as tough as it's going to get arguably in the entire country with michigan penn state and ohio state um but on the other end of that you know you've got purdue you've got this game against well i guess this, we're talking big time you got purdue you got Rutgers, you got maryland i mean there are some teams that michigan state really should go whoop up on um i don't even think northwestern's really that good so I wouldn't be surprised if it nets out somewhere around 30, but I expect I don't expect many 30-point games, if that makes sense. I expect it to kind of go on, and on, on either bit. side of that, which is kind of what we saw last year too. So I'm going to say under, but I don't think it's by a ton. Okay, so I am also going to hit under, but I'm going to hit it hard. And the reason why is because in the D'Antonio era – uh, Michigan State has only had over 32.5 games once, and that was in our record-breaking year. So uh, Pretty good. Pretty good year. Yeah, it was a good year, uh, no doubt. But it's just hard for me to see us really – I take it back. It's a lie. In 2007-2008, uh, came out with a bang, averaging 33.1 points a game. But uh, Do it again. Let's, let's do it. Um, great question. <clears throat> All right, another follow-up football question. From Dan Rudnick, predictable runs are terrible. How about going 
uh, full-on shotgun spread, maybe Eagles-style RPOs. I'll let you handle that one. Um, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, hold on. Let me let me just think a little bit more about this. Do I do I want to go full on RPOs? You know, I don't. I guess I don't hate it. Um, I don't think they'll do it this year. I, I mean, it it would make sense to. I think it's a matter of the, whether the offensive line can handle it, because you have to basically be run blocking and pass blocking on every single play. I also really don't like the thought of putting Brian out there to get hit on every play is. more than anything. Um, I think it would make that. for a more effective offense for sure. Uh, running game potentially. I think it limits other parts of the game and it kind of takes away i know it's going to sound weird but it sort of takes away from what the work he does well and that's not necessarily the dictated run but the mm. ability to like just make something happen create. when nothing's there yeah create so i'm not necessarily uh i wouldn't mind seeing them work it in there okay um yeah great question overall not a huge fan though. all right sorry um, dan it's <laughs> a couple more um it, last football one, and I'll do this one quick, even though it's a really, really hard question. But thank you, Mark Vanderhoff, because you asked it earlier. And I owe you a response. Um, what does the ideal Big Ten division realignment look like in order to ensure maximum parity now and, and in perpetuity? Well, uh, weirdly enough, ran the numbers on this bad boy, and I can give you the long of it, but I'm probably going to just give you the short of it. The fastest way would just be, and that makes the most sense with geography which is the only way anyone would ever go about this because yep. you can't be trading, you know, not that this would happen, but a Rutgers for a Nebraska. It's got to be Purdue, well, like trading from yeah. Big West to Big East, <laughs> I know. Uh, is trading Purdue for Michigan. And that is based off of um, well, the traditional powers. Um, that's based off the last 20 years of winning percentages um, and, and what's happened between all the Big Ten teams in the last 20 years. That one would make the most sense. You could make an argument for Michigan State for Purdue, um, but you're going to fight a battle where the Big Ten and the Jim Delaney's of the world is going to say, I still can't have my Big Ten West only have Wisconsin and Nebraska as my my big-name schools. I know that's a thing we're struggling with. We have had about, gosh, how many years of success with Michigan yeah. State? We still have to have 10 more before we get to have that conversation where you're at that level of putting your name. It's in, a brand. It's a brand. It's absolutely correct. So while the winning percentage might be there or almost there, um, we have to have probably 10 more years before you can make that argument. So the fastest way probably is Michigan for Purdue. And then you have, a, as Jim Delaney would see it, a Michigan, Wisconsin, Nebraska on the left and a Ohio state in Penn state and Ohio state, Penn state, uh, Michigan State on the right, as far as football powers. You know, go. good news for Michigan if that were to happen is they could probably finish higher than fourth in the division. They get third. Pretty good. They're used to it. Okay, a couple more good ones. I will roll through these. Uh, from Lord Bennington, Austin, do you prefer to be good or slash competitive at both foot basketball and football like Michigan State, or would you rather be perpetually dominant at one or the other, like Duke or Alabama? I see the merits of both sides. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. But I think we're tainted in answering this because Michigan State has had not just really good teams in both sports, but like elite teams, like like yeah. nationally 
fantastic programs like conference champions, playoff contenders, final fours, national championships. Like, so coming from Michigan state, it's not like you're talking like to me, when I think of good slash competitive, I think of like an Iowa okay, where you're consistently like in the talk for the NCAA tournament, pretty more or less historic, historically. And, Always competent in football, but for the merits of this argument, for the merits of this good. argument, yeah. So like us, yeah, good. us, right? Like, and and by the way, it's probably not close. It's us in Wisconsin, yeah. As the in the past ten years of success in both sports, yeah, it's really the competition for that is extremely slim, and you've seen shockingly slim, like yeah. way slimmer than you would expect. Florida is up there, and as well. I was saying in the past ten years, Florida yeah, hasn't been around since two thousand seven. Oklahoma, decent. Ohio State just yeah, fired their basketball coach. Like, yeah, yeah. It's what I'm I mean, saying. you're right. In in immediate modern history, it really doesn't get. It doesn't get any better than Michigan State. It's awesome. So, so if you're asking about the question. elite of the elite, yeah. So I guess that makes it an even better question. The elite of that versus the elite and just one sport or the other. I'm going to take Michigan State because I like being able to get super into both teams and have realistically thinking hey there's a chance we could do something really big i also think and we've talked about this with ohio state before i don't know if i would enjoy rooting for a program that is so insanely dominant Mm -hmm. that anything less than literally anything less than a national championship like one loss in an entire season makes you think you underachieve somehow like to me that takes a level of and honestly a level of enjoyment of the sport out of it. Well, remember, remember the basketball season for us. Right, that's exactly right. It was miserable. Yeah, I can't imagine that all the time. I like to enjoy I, my miserable things are watching the Lions. You well, know, like well, well, you get what the I idea. know. I don't need to be miserable when we're winning. Yeah, exactly. So, great point. Okay, that was a great question. Another great one from uh, Luke from Bear Lake. Last one. Who's more likely to make a Final Four sooner, Izzo or D'Antonio? Do you want to go first? I do. And mine is hard Izzo because of what I see as we talk about the recruits that are on the roster, these these whales we talked about. Mm-hmm. You land a Vernon Carey who I swoon over. Yeah. That guy, for, for the record, is, for example, better than any recruit Michigan State's ever had with the exception of potentially... Jared Jackson? No, better than him. Going all the way back to God, better than Shannon Brown. Um, who is the number? Well, one he's player? the number one recruit, right? But who is the number one player in the country that uh, back in from Saginaw? I'm blanking. Matt Tra- no, no, it wasn't Trannon. It was uh, Marquise Gray. No. So it, what I'm getting at is that Vernon Carey would be able to take this team to the Final Four, much like. Um, well, and, and not only that. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, that, that's it. Not only that, but he would be stepping into a team that we talked about that backward already. You're talking about Marcus Bingham, who if you saw the picture of him spreading his arms out and holding those two basketballs from the media shoot, six to midnight, big time. Um, You're talking about him, you're talking about Aaron Henry, you're talking about Bubba Brown, you're talking about Xavier Tillman, a very well-balanced, very versatile uh, team that would be led by a senior backcourt of Cash Swinson and Josh Langford. Like that, I don't expect Nick Ward to be on that team. The rest of that team, 
Oof, boy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to agree with you here, and I'm going to say Izzo, A, because it's easier. It's so much easier. It's much easier. Which and is crazy, because getting the Final Four is really hard. It's really but hard, like, but you don't have to be, like, a great team to get there. Like, you can lose 15 games and still get to the Final Four. Yep. Whereas in football, you can't lose more than one game, and just your odds of beating teams that are objectively better than you are not nearly as high. So I'm going to say, I think... Yeah, I, I mean, D'Antonio and other Final Four would be really, really impressive. I have a hard time seeing it happen this year. Uh, maybe next year, but the schedule's really tough. I kind of think next year's team will be a little better. Um, I would say hard is, though, as well. Okay. Uh, for all of you, great. Thank you. That was an awesome question. For all the people that were screaming at their uh, listening device of who I was trying to think of is Calvin Torbert. Oh, yeah, there He's you go. the number one player in the country from one ranking system. Um, I mean, this Vernon Carey is that, but, yeah. but maybe good where Calvin kind That's of, that's crazy. So, uh, yeah, great questions. Keep them coming for us. Um, one quick prop bet and we're done. Hey, Austin, how many rushing yards would Michigan state's offense have against Michigan state's defense? If they played a game Ooh. over or under 50, definitely under hard under. Ooh. If you would have said it at like 22 and a half, I might, I might still take the under. Wow. Yeah, I just don't. I mean, you're talking about one of the nation's best against what looks at the moment like one of the nation's most inept. I, again, I'll say this before we sign off. I expect things to get better from the off, on the running game front. This is a group of smart guys. It's a group of, there's plenty of talent. They'll find a way to make it capable. I just don't ever expect it to be good but i do expect the game this weekend to be good get out there and go to the game if you got a chance it's going to be a beautiful uh college football saturday and if you don't and you have tickets give us a kid who's never gone or me okay, i'll be home i'll be in michigan so hey man if you guys want to give me some tickets i will accept all right thanks for listening that's guys. right that's the end of this and the end of me begging uh for john <laughs> as always this has been austin thanks guys for listening and we'll catch you next week see ya Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.